in the mood. Da, 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 in the mood. Do, do. I hope you're in the mood to be tempted because this week we'll be talking about Food and Wine's annual cookbook from 2011. And we made some pretty awesome stuff. I'm going to tell you all about the maple glazed chicken breast with mustard jus, Thai grilled skirt steak, pecan sandies, pickle brined chicken of all things. Mexican chocolate potstick cream and lemon and orange glazed pound cake. Um, for Lubell's favorite kitchen things, I'll be talking about my equipment that I like to keep myself organized. I'll have the rolling results for week 40. I'll do the book review. And for random chef facts, I'm going to talk about Yotam Otolengi. So stay tuned and I hope you enjoy episode number 12 of Rolling for Recipes. Bell McDoobie, and this is Rolling for Recipes. I'm here to entertain, inspire, and encourage home cooks of all levels. If your cooking could use the warm, funny, guiding hand of a real-life grandma, that would be me, Bell McDoobie. Join me here each week on Rolling for Recipes. All right, let's get started. Well, guys, Food and Wine's annual cookbook for 2011 was a real winner, and we had a lot of fun cooking out of it. We made six different things this time. I made two recipes, Big Papa made three, and Junior made one. So really awesome that everybody got involved and got into the kitchen this time. This cookbook, oh my gosh, it's got 700 recipes in it. And when I first started looking through it, I think I put post-it notes on about 20 different things in this book. Amazing. I'm going to start off with what I made because it's easiest for me to remember what I made and to talk about it. So I made the lemon and orange glazed pound cake. This cake was a monster. It was a beast. It had nine eggs in it. It had four and a half cups of flour. It had two and a half cups of sugar. It took three lemons and it goes on and on. It, it was a, it was a beastie cake and it came out absolutely beautiful. It was made in a bunt pan. This cake came out so impressively, just massive, the biggest bunt cake you can imagine. And what was so good about it was it just had so much citrus flavor in it. And the instructions required that you take a bamboo skewer or a toothpick and poke it all over the cake before you put the glaze on. And that helps it kind of soak in. I actually shared it with a couple of friends and everyone thought it was quite delicious. So that was a winner. I also made Mexican chocolate pots to cream. Oh my gosh, how easy. It's just milk and cream and chocolate. I added a little vanilla and it's egg yolks. You cook that and you pour it into little individual cups, chill, top with some whipped cream. Delicious, very chocolatey. It was made with very dark, bittersweet chocolate and Mexican chocolate. And the flavor was absolutely great. Loved it. Big Papa made something very strange. <laughs> he made the pickle brined chicken. So you take the brine from an entire jar of pickles and marinate your chicken in that. And we grilled it. It was simple, but the the moisture level was amazing. So it was it was just a it was like a instant brine, and you wouldn't have to do anything besides just dump the juice out of a jar of pickles. Pretty cool. 
The pecan sandy cookies that Big Papa made were interesting because the recipe had you grind up the pecans into a flour and then you use that to make the cookie. Well, the cookie flavor was delicious, but unfortunately they were so crumbly that it's not a cookie you could transport at all. I mean, just barely picking it up off of the cookie sheet, it, it would crumble before you could get it into your mouth. But it was tasty. It just needed to be bound together better somehow. He also whipped out a Thai grilled skirt steak, and that was also very tasty and not difficult to make. But my favorite thing, I think, that any of us made out of this book was the maple glazed chicken breast with mustard jus. Junior McDoobie whipped this up for us, and gosh, I just really love this flavor profile. It reminded me of when you go to a Japanese restaurant and you order, I believe it's called chicken cats. It's the one that's very breaded with the panko breadcrumbs, and it has this delicious kind of barbecue saucy sauce with it. And this recipe reminded me of that so much. The sauce was very simple. It's pure maple syrup, sherry vinegar, chicken stock, and Dijon mustard. And you serve your chicken with the sauce and then you sprinkle it all over with the fresh breadcrumbs that have butter, parsley, salt, and pepper in them. And this, it just did it for me. It was very delicious. And I actually want to try the same method and do it with tofu. I think it would work perfectly with tofu. And uh, it was delicious. So yeah, all of the things that we made out of this book were absolutely delicious and very straightforward. Definitely a keeper cookbook. Once again, I'm not really sure I need to do the book review, but you know, why not? I may as well. I'm already talking. So let me just give you a little bit more information about Food and Wine's annual cookbook from 2011. You already know it has over 700 tested recipes. It also has a wine pairings glossary, and the index is really quite excellent. I truly believe that the editors of Food and Wine magazine, at least those working back in 2011 who made this cookbook, I really do think that they have the interests of home cooks at heart. Just from the way that this book is laid out, in the very front, they have 50 healthy and fast favorites. And these particular recipes represent some of Food and Wine's most popular dishes. They're made with, at the time, healthy ingredients and less than five grams of fat. The fast ones can be prepared in 45 minutes or less. So I think that that's really nice that they pulled those 50 recipes out and had them at the beginning like that. And I also liked in the foreword, and again, guys, I probably would never bother to read the foreword or the introduction in a cookbook if I wasn't playing Rolling for Recipes. It's because I, I want to be your eyes and ears. And somehow as I'm talking tell you the story of the cookbook and what it can do and what it can inspire you to do. So I feel like I need to take a little closer look at it than I would if I was just, you know, living my normal life, cooking my food just to eat it, you know, kind of like a hobby, whatever, right? But now that I'm sharing it with you, I feel like I need to do a little bit better job of kind of just diving into the cookbook. So when I'm reviewing these books, I do I do take a good look at them and try to try to just be a little bit more intimate with it. Um, I wanted to let you know what I read here in the foreword 
that I liked was that the editors of Food and Wine say in the foreword here that they're always inspired by what's new in restaurants, bars, hotels, and bake shops, etc. But what really gets them excited is spotting a new trend. And in this cookbook, they highlight a number of terrific trends, starting with a flexitarian attitude that focuses on vegetables and pushes meat to the side of the plate. Well, I liked seeing that term used because that's really how Big Papa and I have lived a lot in our 30 some odd years together. And I've always tried to be a vegetarian. I like being a vegetarian. It's so tough, blah, 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 because the guys really like their meat and whatnot. But really a flexitarian is such a cool way to go because you're not being quite so strict. You use meat as kind of a seasoning agent, kind of something on the side and the vegetables and the salads and everything else is more the the front and center. So I, I enjoyed seeing that part come up here in the forward. I thought that was really cool. And so yes, as you know, I always recommend these compilation cookbooks. And I think that these Food and Wine Magazine's annual recipe collection books are really good. And you definitely should get yourself at least a couple. For favorite kitchen things this time, I wanted to talk about something that may not seem all that exciting until you go to use it. So if you listened last week, you know that I was cooking out of China Moon, and I recommended that if you ever cook Asian food to make sure you do the mise en place. I'm probably saying that wrong. I always do, but it means put everything in place before you start cooking. To accomplish the task of having everything so organized and measured out before you start cooking, I recommend that you collect yourself a good collection of different little small bowls, ramekins, etc. So I have these little metal cups. They probably hold about a tablespoon and a half. And they came with an Indian spice kit that I bought as a gift for my daughter. Oh, gosh probably a good 25 years ago. And somehow they ended up back in my possession. And I use these little metal cups all the time, especially for something like grated up orange zest, salt, sugar, you know, everything. These little tiny cups are so handy. And of course, I would recommend that you go to your local thrift store and keep an eye out for small bowls and ramekins. You know, you really can't have too many things. So yeah. That's my recommendation of the week is that you gather up your, for yourself enough little small containers that you can practice doing mise in place next time you cook. Alrighty, it is time for the rolling results for week number 40. Oh my gosh, I can't even believe that we have been playing our goofy family game for 40 weeks. <laughs> Who knew? My goodness. But so this time we rolled and <laughs> the first roll, I believe this was Junior McDoobie's turn. Yes. So when he rolled, he got the great salsa book. And I was like, ah, I don't know about this, guys. How can we cook for a whole week out of a salsa book? Well, I complained. I got my way and we rolled again. So this week we're treating the great salsa book as a bonus book for week 40. 
And we also have Essentials of Classic Italian Cooking by Marcella Hazan. Ooh, that is an exciting one because we absolutely love Marcella Hazan. And I bet you will too. So just a little bit more about the books. Because when we first started playing this game and organizing our cookbooks into some sort of semblance of organized in such a way that we have Italian food together and we have the French cookbooks together. You get the idea. Well, when we first started organizing the books and playing Rolling for Recipes, we had no idea that I was going to start a podcast about it. So it's not perfectly organized. There are some books in the stacks. Let's just go ahead and call them the stacks because it's almost like a library. There are certain books in those stacks that really don't work well for this game. So it's going to happen. It's going to happen once in a while where we have to just go, you know what? We need another book. Let's roll again. That's just the way it goes sometimes. As promised, I wanted to let you know about Yotam Otolengi. The 53-year-old Israeli-born British chef, restaurateur, and food writer who's married to his partner, Carl Allen, and they have two children conceived by gestational surrogacy. This award-winning chef was raised in Jerusalem, spent his summers in Italy, and served three years with military intelligence in Israel. He completed his combined bachelor's and master's degree in comparative literature. It's so interesting to me to think how someone could be that educated in comparative literature and then end up being a famous chef. So interesting. Well, after he completed his schooling, he arrived in London and attended Le Cordon Bleu. Once Yotam arrived in London, he became a pastry chef at three different London restaurants. He then became head pastry chef at an artisanal pastry shop called Baker and Spice in 1999. That turned out to be an impactful position to get because he met Sammy Tamini, who later on became co-owners with him of six delis and restaurants. Sammy grew up in Jerusalem's old city, and she and Yotam connected over a shared language, which is Hebrew, and a joint, quote, incomprehension of traditional English food, end quote. They opened up the first deli in 2002 and quickly gained a cult following due to the inventive dishes that they came up with. Yotam also ended up writing a column for The Guardian beginning in 2006, and it's called The New Vegetarian. Now, Yotam is not a vegetarian himself, but he says his mission, quote, is celebrate vegetables and pulses without making them taste like meat, end quote. Bon Appetit said about Yotam, quote, made the world fall in love with vegetables, end quote. He's also written seven books. We own two of them. One of them's called Sweet and the other one's called Plenty. And I have cooked plenty of things out of both of those books. The photography is stunning. And Yotam Otolengi actually is the art director for all of the books. He doesn't use a food stylist. I think that's pretty amazing. So he controls the artistic quality of the books as well. If you haven't had an opportunity to cook anything from any of his books, I highly recommend it. His food is Middle Eastern influenced, uses lots of interesting ingredients like rose water and pistachios and things like that, and incorporates a lot of more 
Middle Eastern flavors, although the food that he makes is not considered to be ethnic. So check out Mr. Yotam Otolendi the next time you're in the mood to make something a little bit cool, a little bit different. And if you want to learn more about Mr. Otolengi, I will add a link to an excellent article that I found in the that I found in the New Yorker magazine from 2012, and it's called The Philosopher Chef. Really good article, really dives deep into the backstory of his life, which we obviously don't have time for here because on Rolling for Recipes, I really do care about your time and I appreciate you listening. Okay, that concludes another episode of Rolling for Recipes, and I really do hope you enjoyed it and got something out of it that you can take back to your own kitchen and enjoy your cooking just a little bit more. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Rolling for Recipes. I share lots of great cooking videos, especially on my stories. You can also follow Lubel McDoobie on Instagram. That's where I like to post my behind the scenes making a podcast from scratch goofiness that I have going on. So I'd love it if you'd follow both of those and also encourage your friends and family to listen to Rolling for Recipes podcast if they are someone who could use a little bit of me in their lives and in their kitchen. So keep cooking and I'll talk to you again next week. Thanks again for all your support. Bluebell McDoobie signing out. <laughs>